0: Thank you for joining us here on Lowell Assembly's online platform. We encourage you, if you look around you, see if there's things that are there that you'd explore, like it, share it, please follow it and pass the word, help us go further faster by sharing with others the good things that are taking place here online. I'm gonna share with you today about a truth found in the gospel, in the book of Romans chapter six, about what it is to really be free To live the life that God has for you and it's connected with the image of water baptism and it's found in Romans chapter 6 if you go back to the beginning of these messages and back to the beginning of the book of Romans God takes the first Paul Paul writes to the Romans and God's trying to help us understand whether you are an uh, somebody who is non-religious or grown up around religion your whole life every single person on the face of the earth is guilty of sin of falling short of God's standard and therefore have been disqualified from ever being allowed to have access to heaven, to have access to God. And because God loves us, he wanted to save us. And so in chapters three and four, Paul begins to write to the Romans and say, let me tell you how salvation works. It's that you don't think that you're too bad or too good that you uh that God wants you or rejects you it's not that you do good deeds and then God gives you a free flight to heaven like flyer points it's there's nothing you can do to save yourself there's no good deed that you could do it the minute that you try to say that your goodness contributed to it, it no longer becomes a gift, it becomes a check. If I give, if I say to you, you, can, you need to earn your salvation, it means you go to your job, you work, and at the end of the work, your boss gives you a check, you earn that check. He didn't give you a gift, he gave you wages. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, and every single person on the face of the earth is guilty of it, but it says the, that salvation, the gift of God is through faith in Jesus Christ. So God is not looking for people to come there and just simply be disqualified because of sin. He wants to save us. And the only way that this works is as if we don't come to him for a check for what we've done. We come to him for a gift with an empty open hand that says, yes, God, I receive that. But now he takes it a little bit further. He talks about sin and he talks about salvation. And now in chapter six, we enter into an idea that is a funny word called sanctification. In simple, we know this truth because we have kids and we were kids. In the world that we live in, it is inevitable that you get dirt on you. And every single one of us has had some adult tell us, you need to take a bath, you need to take a shower. And if you have middle school children, you know that this is pretty much every other thing that you're talking about. Please go up there, especially young junior high boys. Um, It's just a way of life. The world that we live in, it's, it's dirty. And we brought that dirt into the world through our sin, but God not only saves us, but he wants to sanctify us. He wants to make us cleaner. Now that process, and it's so important, this is why Paul goes through chapters three and four to help us understand that this idea of us being loved and accepted by God and the gift of heaven and the forgiveness of our sin is not anything to do with what we've done otherwise it's a check but it's a gift from him it's so important it remains that way but what do you do when God forgives you but you still struggle with issues in your life and that brings out the walk of sanctification And with that in mind, I want to read from Romans chapter six. Listen to this. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried with him, therefore, by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. What is he saying there? He's actually saying, hey, I want to explain something to you, what water baptism is. Water baptism is is just what you're trying to do and what Jesus already did for you. Jesus came into the world, took the the death penalty for sin on himself, and then he died. If anybody has the death penalty on them, the penalty is paid when that person is put to death. Jesus took the penalty, the wages of sin, which is death, and took that off of us, put it on himself, and then was buried it in the grave. And water baptism is that symbol. We come into the waters of baptism. We step into them. We go down into the water. It's a symbol. It's just a picture, a metaphor of going into the grave with Christ and then coming out in newness of life. Just as Jesus died on the cross and was buried three days later, he rose from the dead and walked in newness of life. Anybody who could be put to death with the death penalty and then comes out and is alive, they've paid the penalty for that. And that's what God did. He buried and and killed the old us fully satisfied justice, and now is able to look at us as free and forgiven. But what do you do when you're walking around and you still fail Christ? You fail at this life. He says, this is what he's trying to get at here. He says, listen, Should we go on sinning so that grace can increase? You know, there's some people that are like, hey, listen, God is a gracious God and he forgives me. And so the more I sin, the more he forgives me. So let's really get this thing working and let's get it on. And, you know, and this is and Paul looks at him at one point. He addresses this issue and he says their condemnation is deserved. But here in in Romans 6, he says, what shall we say? Are we to continue in sin that grace may, may abound? No way. What do you think Jesus died for you? What do you think he's resurrected you for? He's. He's put to death the shame and guilt of our sin so that we can come out in newness of life and live fully free in him. But what do you do when there's still things that are clinging to you? You take a bath, just like your kids, you take a bath. And that's what, that's what sanctification is. It's what do I do when I'm not who I used to be? And I don't think the way I used to think, but I can't seem to be who I ought to be. You walk in the grace of Jesus. Well, should, well then you know, I should sin because you know, grace is going to abound. No, 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 no. It's not about that. There's, there's a great difference between a hypocrite and a weakling. A, a weak person says, I want to do the right thing, but fails. And that's where forgiveness and grace is there. A hypocrite says to everybody, I'm doing the right thing, but makes no effort or attempt to change. And that's why we need an ongoing, continual walk of grace in our life that we know that we're not the same person. It doesn't make sense that I am dead to sin and the penalty of sin, but I'm alive in Jesus. But everything that I do still does not pay any wages for me to get into heaven. I do what I do and I live the way I live because I'm grateful to who God is. Your life should be an ongoing, resurrected thank you card to Jesus Christ. This truth played out in my life so deep and profound in my early years of being a Christian. I was in Bible college. There was a missions professor who had been in Africa for years, and he was sharing with, this, he was sharing with us the story of a particular missionary. And his name was Adoniram Judson. In fact, he was, uh, he was the first person from America as a nation, to leave the, our country and go as a missionary. Prior to this, people came here as missionaries. And I think in some cases, we need missionaries coming back. We need to remission our country because we, we, need, we need Jesus more than ever in this nation. But this was the first person who would ever say, I'm going to leave my country, I'm going to leave my family, and I'm going to share Jesus with these people. He went over into Asia to a country called Burma. And before he left, his wife was the daughter of a Bible college president. It was Bradford College, right here in Bradford, Haverhill, Massachusetts. Right in the downtown area in the green, there's a beautiful church that's there, and, but in the middle is a memorial stone as a testament of him and his wife who left from that area to be the first missionaries to, to try and share Jesus with, with the world and sailed away. If you pick up the book, Don't Waste Your Life, the last chapter, he actually writes the letter that he wrote asking for this woman's hand in marriage to her father was, it's pretty strong language. He's like, uh, are you willing to say goodbye to your daughter that at chance that she might suffer for the gospel, that um, she would abandon all worldly loves in life and and hand her over to maybe a difficult or or even a, a dangerous death. Uh, this, that's kind of, you don't want to ask for somebody's hand in marriage that way, but that's what he did. He was saying, listen, I'm going to share the gospel. This is going to be difficult. Well, it was because Ann Hasseltine actually did die on the mission field. And then Adoniram Judson came back and he remarried and took another person with him on the mission field back to Burma. She died. And finally, he remarried again. And then that person, along with a few of their children, passed away. This man's life was so dedicated to Jesus and yet so broken at his loss that when he buried his family this time, instead of digging three graves for the bodies, he dug four. And in the fourth grave, he stood and he said, here lies Adoniram Judson, dead to sin, but alive in Christ. I've heard different versions of this, that he chiseled it on a stone or he wrote it, or but this was the truth. Shall we go on sinning that grace may abound? No. How can we who died to sin live in it? It is so difficult to walk in that tension of wanting to be everything that God is looking for, but yet coming short of that. And God in his love and his grace knew that you and I could not do that. And so he sent Jesus to not only put to death the judgment that was against us, but to help us to walk in newness of life, not to earn our way to heaven, not to be perfect, not to, not to just throw ourselves in the direction of sin, like Paul says, well, should we go on sinning so that grace may be No, but that we would walk in newness of life. Listen, I don't do the right thing and I don't, I don't follow Jesus because I'm earning my way to heaven. I do it because I know that he has paid the price for me. And because of that, in my heart, my life, I am grateful. My life is an ongoing thank you card to him. I don't know how this missionary Adoniram Justin was called, but I know how I was called. And I remember being baptized. And remembering that this is it, God, I'm going in here. Now, water baptism does not save you. It's what we call an ordinance of the church. It's an, it's an image. It's to let everybody else know, I believe in Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live for him. I recognize that he paid the price for my sin. And it's something that we celebrate in our church. In fact, we don't just have the pastors baptize them, the entire church. We say, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, because we celebrate that. That doesn't mean that when they're dipped in water that their sins are washed away. No, salvation, that isn't, salvation isn't found in water baptism. That's other, any more than it is working out and being a good person is what does it. It has nothing to do with you and I, but it's that symbol that we celebrate. And we look forward to celebrating that in the near future. But, but what do you do when everything within you wants to be the person God says we can be, but then you continue to come short of that? You walk in faith, by faith in Jesus. And this, after hearing this story and reflecting on this passage, I went home at my sophomore year from Bible college and failed miserably. In fact, someone would look at me and could point to me and say, you call yourself a Christian? I was ashamed. I felt defeated. I felt hopeless. I said to myself, I, I'm a hypocrite. I brought shame to God and to the gospel. And I felt I undid everything that Jesus had done for me. And that story came back to me. And this verse came back to me. And I went into my father's shed and grabbed a shovel. And I walked deep into the middle of the woods to a field near my home and I proceeded to dig a, a grave chest deep and I'll never forget it because while I was in the middle of doing that a downpour took place. And it was like every single time I just put the shovel in the ground and threw the dirt, it was more of a reminder of the filth that should have been gone from my life that wasn't. Every shovel full of of dirt that I poured out that was just condemnation for me, burying myself. I'm like, I can't believe I did this and that and this and that. And finally it was just as if every bit of disappointment turned into this this rage that dug deeper and deeper until finally I sat there and stood in that grave and tears pouring down my face and rain pouring down all over me and mud everywhere. I said, God, I can't believe why you would love me. I shouldn't be like this. I shouldn't act like this. I shouldn't do, I don't understand it. But if you say it, I believe it. And I come back to you the way I came to you by faith. And I said, God, here lies Paul Conway, dead to sin, but alive in Christ. I don't know where you're at in your life, I don't know uh, where you are. For those of you that have asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, who have, if I were to ask you to you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, yes. Do you believe that He was buried for you? Yes. Do you believe that He rose from the dead? It, 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 yes, I believe that. And I ask you, do you think that you'll make it to heaven? And you say, I hope so. If you can, if you're saying I hope so, I hope I'm good. You're still living off of that. I'm paying. I'm getting paid for my good deeds. No, God wants you to know that when you were baptized, you were buried in Christ. And when you came out, you came out forgiven and resurrected like Jesus. And now the life that you live is not a a ledger of good, bad and balancing the books. It is you wanting to do the right thing because you want to please God and him knowing that there are moments in our life where we just are still human. And that's the moment not where God kicks you out of his house or shames you and shuns you, but he opens his heart and he opens his home and he opens his arms to you and says, I died for you. I wonder how many of you would benefit going into the woods and digging a grave and standing in it and realizing it's not the dirt, it's the deliverance that God bought for you. It's not the digging you did. Because when you're in Christ, you were buried with Him and you came out in newness of life. We may not be who we ought to be, but we're not who we used to be. And everything in between that is God's grace. Do we sin so that grace can abound? No, but my goodness, God's grace is so much more amazing than the sin that you're committing and He wants to forgive you of it. And He wants to free you from legalism. And He wants you to walk the life He has for you, not because you have to, not because you're afraid to, but because you're grateful to Him for the deliverance that He brought for your life. And I want to pray that prayer with you. Father, we know that you have grace that is greater than all of our sin. And although we might think that because we asked you to be Lord of our life, that we're supposed to be living like Jesus, but you're the only perfect one. Right now, there are people that are hearing this prayer and they're they're reflecting Lord, or that they would begin to reflect on the things that are the dirt in their life that should have been gone, that's still there. Lord, first of all, I pray that you would pull them up out of that shame and that guilt to know that it never was about what they do. It's always about what you have done for them. But it's hard when we're not the person we ought to be. God, I pray that for every single person that has fallen short, and has fallen in sin. Give them a sanctification. Give them that bath. This doesn't have to do with us earning favor or losing favor with you. This has God. We're going back at it again and we're going to give it our best and we're going to do it because we want to please you, not because we want to be paid by you. I pray right now that there are people listening to this, that their relationship with Jesus and their right to enter heaven will never be based upon their life and their ledger of good behavior. And that they would never walk away from it because they didn't keep a perfect book with you, but they would constantly come before a perfect God and they would let the blood of Jesus forgive them of their sin and continue to wash them. And Lord, what we do for you is not a wage. It's a thank you. And Lord, right now, I pray people that have been, Lord, in relationships that they shouldn't be, that are doing things that they shouldn't, that are using finances and resources in ways that they shouldn't, that aren't honoring you in their life in ways that they could, and they, they feel ashamed of where they're at. Lord, right now, I pray that you would be the God of their shame, the lifter of their head. That Lord, they would be reminded that you took their sin to the grave and that you've bringing them, that you've brought them out in resurrection life not because they earned it, but because you paid for it. And it's an empty gift and we receive that and we thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer or if you're at a place and you say, man, I'm not who I ought to be and you're stuck in that shame, we would love to pray with you. We would love to reach out to you. You can, if you're online, take a look at the things that are around there. You can submit a prayer request. You can email office at lolag.org. We would love to help you in your journey forward, especially for those of you that are a part of this church that are in that place where you know that Jesus has saved you and forgiven you, but you're not who you ought to be. Listen, God loves you. Faults and all, and He's going to take you where He wants you. But in the meantime, you're going to have to trust Him. Walk in faith. Walk in faith. God bless you, and we'll see you again here soon. Thank you for joining us today on Lowell Assembly Online Services. Be sure to check out our website, lowellag.org, for all information and updates. God bless you, and see you soon.